Now on Netflix. Inspired by the unbelievable true story of a fake hitman comes the new movie, Hitman, from Academy Award nominee Richard Linklater. At 96% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, critics are calling Hitman a smart, sexy crime thriller with surprises at every turn. Starring Glenn Powell and Adria Arjona, Hitman. Now playing on Netflix and in select theaters. Rated R. I'm J.A. Lovelock, a barrister, an author, but most importantly, a crime junkie. Welcome to my podcast, Behind the Yellow Tape. Remember the case of killer doctor Thomas Neil Cream that I recently checked out? Sad to say he was not alone in his deadly deeds, because here is another case of another medic who regrettably didn't take his medical oath first do no harm to heart, nor did he apply it to his medical practice. Hello and welcome to the program. I am J.A. Lovelock. In this episode of Behind the Yellow Tape, I check out another somewhat dodgy doctor. In fact, there's quite a few of them lurking in the annals of history. I promise you, there is more, a lot more. Listen out for them in future episodes. But for now, let me tell you that William Palmer was a well-respected and successful English doctor with a penchant for administering poison for his own personal gain. He was married to a wealthy lady by the name of Anne Thornton and Anne was the heiress to her parents' public house, the Noah's Ark, situated in rural Staffordshire, a county in England. In 1847, Anne Thornton was a rich young lady. So why would a man, a doctor at that, with a rich wife, set about poisoning people for his own personal gain? Let's find out. At the age of 17, this was where it all began, William Palmer was sacked for stealing while he was working as an apprentice with a pharmacist. Hence, his life of crime had begun. He later operated an illegal abortion clinic for which he was reprimanded. Notwithstanding this, he went on to qualify as a doctor at St. Bart's Hospital in London after which he set up practice as a general practitioner in his hometown of Stafford. And it was here that he met and married Anne Thornton, the daughter of wealthy pub owners. On the face of this, all would seem to be going well for the good doctor. But wait, things are beginning to get a little rancid in the Palmer household. Firstly, there is the servant girl, who falls foul of Dr. Palmer's sexual behavior. And not too surprisingly, she subsequently bears him a child, which didn't go down too well with his wife, as you can well imagine. As if that wasn't bad enough, there was the gambling. Dr. William Palmer was a notorious gambler, and he was not very good at it. And then there was the drinking. 
And so largely due to all of this, his general practice began to suffer. Things were definitely not looking good for the good doctor. Something had to be done. He must have reasoned to himself because soon after his marriage to Anne, he began to borrow money from Anne's mother until she refused to lend him any more. I should think so as well. Palmer was pretty sure, though, that he would inherit a healthy amount from the old woman, his mother-in-law, upon her demise. But he didn't have time to wait for that. He needed the cash now to fund his gambling addiction. So, to that end, he took matters into his own hands. It is hard to say exactly what happened. But the next thing you know, his mother-in-law is dead. And if that wasn't bad enough, shortly thereafter, his wife also dies. Poor Anne Thornton. She was only 27. Then shortly after that, Dr. Palmer's brother Walter also died. Talk about bad luck. <laughs> or was it? It would appear as Dr. Palmer's debts increased, his family members were decreasing. It is even believed that he had a hand in the deaths of four of his own children who all died in their early infancy. But Dr. Palmer didn't just keep the debts in the family, so to speak. No, he branched out, particularly in the case of his best friend, John Cook. And here things were about to change. In November, 1855, John Cook went to the races with Dr. Palmer, as you probably would do with your best friend. John Cook took a drink of brandy from Dr. Palmer. And after taking such a drink, he claimed it was burning his throat. He later told friends that he believed Dr. Palmer tried to poison him. Mm. On the 21st of November, 1855, Dr. Palmer is at it again. And he gave Mr. Cook two pills. Those two pills contained strychnine. Within hours of taking the pills, John Cook felt as if he was suffocating. He died in agony soon thereafter. But Dr. Palmer was not about to get away with this interference of life. Oh no, Mr. Cook's wealthy family demanded an autopsy. And you would never guess what was found in Mr. Cook's body. Poison, the poison of strychnine. The jury at the inquest delivered their verdict stating that the deceased, Mr. Cook, died of the said poison. And hear this, that this poison was willfully administered to him by Dr. William Palmer. And with that, Dr. William Palmer's fate was sealed. Gotcha. William Palmer was arrested and charged with murder of John Cook. About time too, I would say. 
On the 14th of May, 1856, Dr. William Palmer went on trial at the Old Bailey. By the 26th of May, the jury took one hour to find him guilty of murdering John Cook. Not surprisingly, he was sentenced to death. And on Saturday, the 14th of June, 1856, such sentence of death was carried out. Dr. William Palmer was hanged at Stafford Jail in front of an audience of over 50,000 people. A true crowd puller, you would think. Perhaps the good folks of Stafford just wanted to see the man who had taken an oath not to cause harm, who instead used his power and knowledge to take the lives of so many innocents. Or maybe they just wanted to make sure that this killer doctor, this doctor death, was well and truly dead. And that being so dead, he could not cause anyone any further harm. And it is generally believed that the deadly doctor might even have been responsible for the poison deaths of up to 14 people. In the wake of William Palmer's crime, Parliament passed a new law, commonly referred to as the Palmer Act. This Palmer Act allowed a defendant to be tried in London if they were unlikely to get a fair hearing in their own county. As it was quite likely that Dr. William Palmer might not have got a fair hearing in his hometown of Stafford, well, that's hardly surprising. Regardless, it was in Stafford where Dr. William Palmer had committed his dreadful crimes, and it was there that his own life was ended. Thanks for listening. Join us next time for more fascinating and interesting matters that go on behind the yellow tape. Till then, you can keep in touch by emailing info at btytpodcast.com. On the morning of August 1st, 1966, shots ring out from the observation deck of the clock tower on the University of Texas campus. It marks the infamous beginning of the modern era of mass shootings in America. You're listening to Stop the Killing podcast. Join us as we take you behind the crime scene tape to explain global mass shootings and mass attacks. I'm Sarah Ferris, but more importantly, this is Catherine Schweitz, the former head of the FBI's active shooter program. I spent five years as the FBI's top executive looking for answers to the mass shooting crisis. I've been at the shooting scenes. I've traced heroic acts of bravery and I've sat silently and listened to the heart-wrenching stories from survivors. Amongst this horror, there is hope. We all hold the key to stop the killing. You just need to know how to unlock the door. Download Stop the Killing and be part of the solution. Search Stop the Killing on Apple, Spotify, and all the usual suspects.